is, but I'm not alone with that. You know, I have a lot of friends that um, have spouses or, you know, their loved ones, and they're still like, what the heck are you guys doing? You know, to a lot of people, this kind of seems or looks like it's a little bit comical and it's just not um, stable enough, you know, to provide uh, means, but, you know, a lot of people have been making it in the industry, have um, been able to sustain themselves financially. This is the Business Storytelling Show with Christoph Trapp. Name a top 20 storytelling podcast and a top 5% podcast globally. Christoph chats with thought leaders and experts to share tips and tricks that can help you tell your company's stories better to drive business results. Available wherever you listen to podcasts, live streamed on major social media channels, and part of the DB&A television network. Available on most U.S. television sets and streaming on Roku and Amazon Fire. Here's Christoph with today's episode. Let's go. Let's go business storytellers. How's everyone doing? Web3 is still an important topic to think about, to talk about, to consider. What are we going to do with it? How do we create content in Web3? Why is it important? How do we evolve into it? How do we pivot into it if we have to? And what does it mean? What's the advantage to creators? So I'm very excited for this conversation with Leslie Moda. She is an expert on the topic. She's creating in Web3 and she'll walk us through some of the processes, the steps, the skills, all those different things that are needed. So let's throw it right over to Leslie and find out why Leslie cares so much about the topic and how it's helping her in her professional career. Welcome to the show, Leslie. Yeah, because of what it stands for, what artists are able to do. And with Web3, it's more of a decentralized space. And one of the big things that drew me in is building communities within the Web3. So it is very crucial when you try to navigate those waters that um, you begin to build a community of people, depending on what you want to do in the, in the Web3. So I do have a project and it is a digital asset project. It's an NFT. And what captivated me from that is that you are able to own your own IP rights with the digital assets. And, you know, you are able to give back to the community and each um, digital asset that you put out there, it's its own um, one of a kind. And it has metadata that is just particular to that um, one asset. And there is no other one that's alike. And it just kind of fascinated me, the technology behind it, what you're able to do, what you're able to accomplish, and just having the right mindset of building, you know, a business, but understanding the concept of what it goes to build in the Web3. And when I first got in, I it took me a while to start creating content and building the platform that I have built. I went and um, my primary source of getting into the Web3 was um, Twitter. Within Twitter, I started joining spaces. I just started um, learning from different like-minded individuals, um, went and just went from space to space, um, kind of learning what everybody was doing. And one of the big things that stands out when you are trying, depending on what you're trying to do within the Web3 community, is really, really building 
a community and a platform and telling your story of what you're trying to build and why and the meaning behind the story. That way people relate with it. And um, that's how you begin to build the audience um, before your project. Julia Johnson, thank you so much for um, commenting here. And you're rocking it. Leslie totally agrees. She really is rocking it. Talking oh, about sure. Web3. And, and you know, the, where Julia came from is we're using the restream paired functionality where you can stream to multiple projects. Um, profiles i streamed to 17 profiles the other day in, in the same live stream so a fantastic way to get people involved now the one question leslie I, I really appreciate that overview but when you talk about community are we talking about um community as in like the web three community like people who care about web three or is it like a, 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 um, you build an existing community of people you want to connect with or whatever it might be in a Web3 environment? It's primarily uh, consists of people that are already in the Web3 Web three arena. So it is very, very important that when you do come in, you solidify your stance within the community because if, and I'm going to give examples. So there have been big brands that come into the Web3 arena and they do have a huge following without the Web3 arena and what ends up happening, they come in, they launch projects, the projects don't sell out or, um, you know, for whatever reason. And sometimes the mentality is because they are somebody that's known, somebody that's famous, a big company, they are going to sell out. And it doesn't because there's a distrust within the Web3 community because they don't know the founders of the project or they don't know the people. So when I built the community, it was a lot of people within the Web3. It's almost kind of like you have to, um, people have to know you, get to know you, what you stand for. And then once you get into the community of the Web3, then you start building your community outside of the Web3. Um, people that know you, that have known you for years, what they'll start doing is reaching out, you know, how can I get in and then try to bring them on board and see, you know, how this space will work in the long term. It's very interesting to me. And, uh, you know, that's a great um, explanation. When Brian Piper was on the show, he did a very nice job explaining the digital assets piece, right? So basically, the way I think of it today is if I give you a dollar, whether I give you this dollar or that dollar, it doesn't make any difference, right? Like it's, they're interchangeably. Uh, but when you have digital assets, that's not the case. That's different. Um, but but why should creators consider doing that? I mean, what kind of creators? Should it be corporate content marketers? Is it individual creators? Who should care about that kind of model of creating digital assets? I think it's people who don't want to rely on studio studios or gatekeepers or, um, you know, somebody that owns their brand. This Web3, or if you do want to create digital assets, NFTs, it's for the masses. It's anybody that has a creative mind, that's an artist, somebody that wants to um, create support from individuals, but also it allows the founders to create their own nar narrative and own their own product. And you're not having to fall under um, a big company to own that. So a lot of people that are tapping into the space 
is artists that, you know, um, that are owned or their art is owned by others, individuals, or don't receive, you know, as much of, of the money for their art, want to own their art a hundred percent or like musicians that don't own their own rights. People are starting to create content within this space to own um, what they're truly creating. And it gives them creative rights to create their perpetual funding vehicle driven by fans who truly care about the story. Makes sense to me. Now let's dive into some of the specifics a little bit more. The thing that makes absolutely no sense to me currently, and maybe you can teach me in the the limited amount of time we have here, but (laughs) how do I actually create in a web three world, right? Like I get it. We're doing a podcast. We're doing a live stream um, on here. And I understand that. And, you know, let's be honest, how we're doing this today is night and day from 10 years ago, yes. eight years ago, maybe five years ago. Right. Um, but how do I move into becoming a web three creator? Like what tools do I use? How does that look? Where do I do it? Um, if that makes sense. Absolutely. So when I started, I started blindly. So I have a friend that has been in the industry. We worked together for over 10 years. She got into the blockchain technology industry and it kind of piqued my interest after that. When I started getting in, it was research, research, research. So whatever I was interested in, I um, listened to podcasts for NFTs. I um, read a lot about NFTs, watch a lot of YouTube videos, and then spend a lot of the time in Twitter building the connection. Um, From there, I kind of wrote out a map road of the type of NFT or the type of project that I wanted to create, the why behind the project, the mission and the vision of the project. And then I started seeking, um, you know, what it would cost for the artist to draw up the project, you know, what it would cost for the contract to create the minting phase of it, what platform I was going to use, who was going to help me generate the collection and then launch the collection. So it is very, very costly. You know, people are starting to know their worth and that's a great thing in this Web3 area. So it was a little bit expensive for the artist um, to do the collection for me. So I ended up drawing the, the collection and I ended up putting all of that together. And I came across some friends that actually were able to help me generate the collection for me. And then I was able to launch the collection on a platform called Aspen NFT that they helped me with the contract, you know, um, with a percentage of each one that mints, they were able to um, provide the dev, um, the developer and create the contract and then put it on OpenSea and all of that in order for us to begin the mint. Um, so if you want to start is go to people that you trust that are already in this space, ask them questions, um, you know, just pick their minds and then just research Google, YouTube. There's a lot of, lot of information out there. It's just very interesting to me um, to, to figure out these new ways of doing it. But when I just listen to you it and, and I'm a, I try new things all the time, right? I mean, I, um, I want to show this guy to you guys quickly. We found this new thing here in Restream, Restream.io if you want to sign up. And basically, um, oh, I actually can't do it while we're live, but we can change the orientation so we can 
stream like we're on Instagram. And that's super cool. I love doing all these new things. But what I just described is one click. What you described sounds like a lot of work and a lot of money to me. How do I realistically, as a podcaster, as a content creator, uh, not a designer necessarily, how do I realistically find a way into this new world without spending my life savings? And I'm probably overstating that a little bit here, uh, but certainly it's not as free as me clicking one button. No, and I did not um, go and spend my life sa savings creating the um, collection. So, you know, there are people that come in and that will draw something. Um, there are platforms out there that will generate a collection for you. So if you're interested in, in dropping something small, you know, it may or may not sell out. You also have one of one artists that will either take a picture of something, draw something and upload it one by one. And then when it sells out, you know, they repeat the business of it. Um, and then like for me, it took me months because of the type of collection that I'm building and the long term of it. And I had been putting money aside to um, take into consideration what I wanted to invest, what I wanted to spend when the collection um, sells out. Then at that point, reinvest some of the money to hire people, you know, to bring on marketing artists and things like that. So utilizing your own resources, your own capabilities of what you're able to do. Now, if you do want to create a collection and you want somebody to draw it out for you, that is going to cost money. And it's just looking around, you know, sometimes the most inexpensive artists will be the ones that are starting up and want to get their foot in the door. It's just tracking them down and, and looking for them and, you know, either putting ads out in LinkedIn, you know, trying to hire an artist or making your presence known within the Twitter space. Right now, Twitter is really big when it comes to the Web3 community and the NFT. You know, people are building, building, and and there's a big, huge communi communi community in that space right now. You know, the other thing that's very interesting to me is every time something changes, for example, now we have AI content creation. I use AI all the time for content yeah. editing. Right. And basically that has replaced my editor to an extent. I still have somebody editing it. But every time something happens, people always scream, oh, my God, we don't need people anymore. Right. Like, I mean, I've had cases where I said, how, how come we don't design in this way? Why don't we do this as a design team? And the designers would be like, well, but then why do you need designers? Right. Or like, you know, is that where we're going? But what's interesting, what you just said, you literally said and what I heard is we still need people designing all this stuff, which is not me, which is a designer, somebody who actually heard, learned how to do it. So, so my point is, if you are in a role as a designer or a content creator and, and it feels like the technology is taken over, it feels like, you know, the stuff you used to love is, you know, machines are doing it. There's always new things. Just go with the flow. Learn those new things. Learn Web3. Learn whatever comes next and apply your skills. And certainly, you know, many people have those skills, apply them in those cases, in those um, new technologies. Now, is it only design work or are there use cases for, I mean, I see the, the NFT monkeys out there. There's probably a more accurate term to describe them. I don't get it. People try to explain it to me. I don't know why, I don't know why I need to spend several thousand dollars for that picture when I can just take a free picture of myself. 
but there might be reasons and people try to explain them to me but is it only is it is the main use case only design work or is there other things audio video podcasts i mean whatever there's a you know virtual reality there are a lot of companies that are coming in that are doing virtual reality within this realm and there are a lot of postings out there now with big companies you know such as Amazon, Microsoft, NHL that are coming into this space and are actually looking for like web developers, people who have that um, computer science background to help build the infrastructure of what they're trying to build within this community. And I think that is, um, you know, it says a lot. And then right now we also um, found out that October 22nd, Visa also filed tons of patents as well, trying to get into the space. So we thought that was um, very interesting. But no, it's not just um, there's a need for different type of skill set, you know, coming into the web three. So if you have any coding experience, you know, building um anything that comes with the computer world or the infrastructure of it, I would say um, learn it, start learning how to code. And um, there's a lot of opportunities right now that are coming with this space. There always are. And there certainly are things we have to learn to, to, to stay relevant. Now I know you're um, you, you spoke at the web three summit in Miami, or I don't know if that has happened yet or not, but you were speaking at it. And how, um, like, what are other people saying? What are, what's like the next thing? What are people looking forward to uh, when it comes to Web3? I think one of the things that we're excited about the Web3, although right now it has um, taken a little bit of, you know, it's going a little bit slow, is that. Technology is here to stay. You know, when all this Web3 happened back early in the 1990s or 1900s, um, whenever it happened, there was a lot of skepticism about the Internet. And, you know, it's just the same thing is happening over, in my opinion, is there's a lot of skepticism of what's happening within the Web3 but I do believe that this technology is here to stay. Um, it, every day that I am in it, present, it's growing, growing, growing. And I, we're all excited about the future of it and what's it going to bring and the avenues and areas of opportunity. And basically, you know, you can kind of create your own destiny and your own vision within this space, you know, because we're still very new, you can create your own position as well. You know, you learn something and you can completely pivot and change into something new, something that you um, didn't do before. So I used to work in the real estate industry for so many years. And with everything that's going on in the market, I decided to pivot, shift, change. You know, I was still doing both jobs. Um, recently, I just shifted to doing um, the Web3 and it has been something that has been very, very rewarding. So I'm very excited about Web3, what it's going to bring, um, the companies that are coming in and everything that they are developing within this space. It's very interesting to me. Yes, I agree with you. Like people can pivot. and But, but also what I've done in my career, I have not really pivoted. But what I've done is I continuously evolve what I do and how I do it. So for example... What I do today, creating content, is so similar to what I did 20 years ago. Like, it is, I ask the same questions, or 
not the same questions, but the concept of how I come up with my questions is virtually the same as I did it 20 years ago, except I had a, you know, a notepad in front of my, in my hand and write notes instead of just talking to people on a live stream. Um, so the reason I'm bringing that up, yes, you may have to pivot or you may want to because you see a new opportunity or, or something is changing in your current market, but also build on your skills. If you're a designer, evolve your skills to Web3. If you're a content creator, evolve your skills and don't be so... I think I heard you kind of talk about this a little bit. Don't be so, eh, this is not going to stick around. Eh, why do I care? Why do you care? Because people use this stuff. Do I really truly need? Will I not survive if I don't wear an Oculus headset to watch Netflix? I will survive, but I'm a content creator, right? At some point, I need to know some of those skills related to those different things. Do you see maybe... Leslie, tell me if I'm over if I overstated that. I, I may have overstated that just a little bit, but do you see that a lot? That people go, uh, "Why do I care? Why? Do we, whatever, it's going away." I mean, people said that about social media. People said that about online payments, and I couldn't imagine writing a check today. We still see it a lot. Yes. You know, especially within my circle, especially within my husband. I mean, he doesn't understand what I'm doing, what I'm creating. It's like, you know, anytime I talk about NFTs, I doesn't want to hear it, doesn't want to get into it. And he does invest. So I still find it very interesting, you know, him working in the computer world in that type of world, how this still does not peak his interest, but I'm not alone with that. You know, I have a lot of friends that um, have spouses or, you know, their loved ones, and they're still like, what the heck are you guys doing? You know, to a lot of people, this kind of seems or looks like it's a little bit comical and it's just not um, stable enough, you know, to provide uh, means. But, you know, a lot of people have been making it in the industry, have um, been able to sustain themselves financially. It's just the hustle. You have to really hustle for it. You know, just like anything, you're starting a new job and you have to learn new things, new techniques, skill sets, and you have to hassle, you know, to continue to work there and get that promotion. It's just, you know, same difference, but in a different environment. And, you know, I still get people saying that today about my job. You know, we don't really know what you do and, and, and it still works. And, and what I do is not even that new of a thing anymore, quite frankly. Um, so when it comes to uh, revenue and making money and all these different things, we actually had Eric Van Kirkhove on, on the show and he is a print guy. He owns a print shop and we wow. talked about direct mail. And Eric, of course, wants people to do direct mail and I see value in direct mail when it makes sense. Mm -hmm. And he said, but don't put all your eggs in one basket. You know, mm -hmm. do direct mail when it makes sense here. If that doesn't work, do this, do this. Maybe do them all. Try different things. I mean, same concept here, right? Don't put all your eggs in the Web3 basket, perhaps. I mean, uh, you're still interacting on Twitter, which is not Web3, right? You're still in other more traditional places as well. Yes, absolutely. I think too, one of the special things about um, being in the web three as well is that you also have access to people that you never thought you had access to, you know, there's a lot of um, big influential people here that are very interested in this platform, you know, whether it is um, NFL football players, NBA, and 
um, the major baseball league. And there's a lot of artists and famous artists as well. And sometimes, you know, when they are releasing certain um, collections and you tap into the collections, they give you the opportunity, you know, to create co-create with them and they give you access to certain things that you would have never thought you have access to. Um, so if you're interested, I mean, it's a beautiful thing. Just reach out to people that you know and, and can help. And eventually, you know, some are the lucky ones that are able to come in and buy something and make money overnight. But depending on what you want to build, you know, it's just when you're starting a business, it takes time to build and start it, seeing that financial gain. It certainly always does. There's no overnight successes. Leslie, I really appreciate you uh, joining me today, sharing your insights. Um, tell us, as a final note here, how do people connect with you and who should reach out to you? People can connect um, with me. I am primarily um, Twitter. So if you do reach out to me, it's at Leslie M0TTA. And you can either send me um, a message through there. You can email me at leslie.mota, M-O-T-T-A at gmail.com or reach out through LinkedIn. And, uh, you know, any of my friends, any of my close friends or anybody that's just a little bit um, interested in getting in here or have any additional questions, just reach out and I will be more than happy to help. If I don't know the answer, the response, I will get you to somebody that does um, have that answer for you. That's a wrap. Thanks for tuning in. Please rate and review our show on your favorite podcast channels. And don't forget to share this episode with your networks. We appreciate you. Until next time, let the best stories win. Music